listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Hi, and welcome to another Woman of Strength podcast and TV. And as I always say at the beginning of every podcast, maybe I should just pre-record this part. Um, I got such an incredible woman to interview again today. And I don't know why that surprises me because every woman that I interview has the most incredible story to tell. And before I start any interview, all I ask um, my interviewees is just to send me a snapshot so that their bio and they send me a link to their website if they've got one or Facebook page and I check them out just a little bit. I don't check them out too much. Um, good job. I did check my next guest out and I was like, oh my goodness, look at the incredible things that she's doing. And that's one of the reasons I don't check my guest out that much because what, and what happens is we end up falling into that space of, oh my goodness, am I good enough? Look at these people that I'm interviewing and they're out there doing way bigger than what I'm doing. But that's the whole point of Woman of Strength podcast and TV. It really is just showing up as our raw selves and just getting on with it and just being who we are. And so I won't prolong it any longer. So um, I just want to welcome my guests today. So, Tara Bradford, welcome to Woman of Strength Podcast and TV. Thank you so much, Angie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, and I'm, I'm so blessed to have you here. Like I said, I've been finding out a little bit about you just because you keep popping up on my Facebook feed and I'm like, whoa. So, anyway, so Tara sent me her bio and I'm just going to read this out to you. So uh, Tara Bradford is a, a publicity strategist, a reputation designer, and a communications expert. And Tara has worked with everyone from startup founders to Fortune 500 executives. That was the bit that made me, I was like, whoa, um, <laughs> to help them become influential leaders, increase their visibility, and build credibility online. She's passionate about helping the world feel more connected and believe that the key to doing so is to inspire each other, to believe we are the center of influence through service to of others. She's an international speaker on topics that address diversity and inclusion, and she sits on the executive board of the division of the American Stroke Association. Her work has been featured in Forbes, HuffPost, Thrive Global, Bustle, and more. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So <laughs> it was like, I just, I, I love what you do and I love who you are and I just want to know more. And so my, my question that I, I always ask, the one and only question is, Tara, can you tell us about your journey of stepping into woman of strength? Yes, I would love to share the story. It's really long. So I know we only have a limited amount of time, but I think it officially started. It was consciously, I guess, starting when I decided to move to New York. I had found myself in a city that I didn't really like. I had moved to a place where I didn't know anybody and I wasn't really enjoying myself. I had taken a job that was a step backwards in my career path because I had gotten to the top of my career path and realized that I wasn't really happy there. I had everything on the outside, but on the inside, I was like, 
I'm not happy. Like I thought I would be happy once I got to this point with the job title and the car and Mm. the house and everything. And I wasn't. So I took a step backwards. And then um, I realized after being there for a year that I wasn't really happy with any aspect of my life, not my relationships, not my personal life, not my career. And so I decided to give it all up. And I didn't really have a plan. It wasn't like, this is my moment. I was in tears. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I called my dad and I asked him, you know, I don't, I don't need your help with money or anything, but I need your help deciding what to do because I know I don't want to be here, but I don't know where I want to go. And he said, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And this goes back to my childhood. I grew Mm. up all over the world. So he was reminding me, you've lived everywhere. So you can go anywhere. You've done it before. And so I said, New York City. And I, like 30 days later, I packed up two suitcases and I drove to New York. I had quit my job and ended my relationship. And I was coming to New York. And didn't really have a plan. I had a three month plan. (laughs) Was that scary? Like to just, you know, get rid of everything that's familiar. Cause we know that, you know, the mind loves familiarity. So was that scary to do that? Well, it's funny because I think for me, it was scarier for things to stay the same. True. Yeah. I was like, I can't keep living like this waking up every morning and dreading my day and complaining about everything, I thought, whatever's out there for me has got to be better than this. Yeah. And so I also, I, I had just always dreamed of moving to New York and everybody told me not to. And I thought, well, the way I've always done things was to be a people pleaser and to do what everyone else said was the right thing to do. And to make my parents proud and to, I had been married before. And so to move to the place where my husband's job was, and I had done all these things for Mm. other people. This was the first time I did something that was just for me. And it, it didn't hurt anybody else, but it also didn't benefit anybody else. And so that was a new feeling for me. And it was kind of exciting. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't tell anybody I felt selfish and I felt horrible. (laughs) Yeah, and that's such a familiar feeling, isn't it, for, for women generally, is that, you know, we are people pleasers. And then when we decide to step into that place of, I want to do something for me, then there's that, oh, my goodness, isn't this selfish? So I won't tell anyone, I'll just do it for myself. And then I can share, you know, all the gifts that I'm learning once, you know, I know where I'm going. Because I think that's a lot of the problem is that we're always asked, guys, and I mean, it might be wrong and I might be just generalizing here but guys seem to go oh well, I'm going to do this and I just get on with it whereas I think as women we tend to want to feel and step into that place what does it feel like to be here and if we talk to people like that it seems a bit sort of wishy-washy and woo-woo to them so yeah so so yeah carry on because I so connect with what you're (laughs) saying and I'm sure there's yeah thousands of women out there that will too right and along the lines of what you said about how you want to feel Now I set my goals based on how I want to feel because before I was climbing a ladder that when I got to the top, I was looking for more rungs in the ladder. That wasn't good enough. Yeah. And so I got to New York and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. 
And I think I was looking for acceptance and I was kind of looking for someone to give me the answers. And so I had applied to grad school. I was going to get my master's degree and I got accepted, which was exactly what I was looking for, that external validation. Yeah. And I even send you a letter that says you've been accepted into the program. And after that happened, I spent three more months in New York and I realized I wanted to stay here. I was feeling that feeling, that joy, excitement. I was learning new things. I, I had made a six page bucket list when I moved here because I knew I was going to be here for six months. And so I thought I'm going to live like I have six months to live because I'm Brilliant. leaving in six months. And I had the time of my life. It was amazing. And I thought, well, I don't need that acceptance anymore into that program because I've now started accepting myself. Brilliant. And I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I was different. Like you said before, I was kind of doing it myself hiding a little bit. I wasn't on social media telling everybody that this was what I was doing, but friends started noticing. So one girlfriend had reached out and called me and she was crying and she said, I'm so happy that you finally see yourself the way the rest of the world has always seen you. Oh, and that was beautiful. Powerful, yeah, it was a really powerful moment for me because I didn't realize there was a disconnect between how I saw myself and how other people saw me. And that was when I started getting into marketing and public relations and coaching. And I realized, well, I didn't realize this because I was such an introvert. I thought I will never be on TV or doing an interview like this or anything. But some friends had said, you know, what are you doing differently? Because I want to be like you. I want to be that happier, whatever you're doing, you have to tell people. So that's how my business started was just from people saying, you can't keep this a secret. You can't keep this to yourself because other people need whatever it is that you've just done. Yeah. And I, and I so connect to that because I made that decision like 18 months ago, I'm going to do my marriage ended and that was devastating or I thought it was devastating. I thought it was the end of the world. And so I needed to do something different and I wasn't going to do what, you know, the social norms say you have to do. And so, I, yeah, I'm very similar to you. I made a conscious choice. I'm going to be me and I'm going to see what this feels like stepping into this space. And yeah, it, it does because people end up going to you, what are you doing? Like, why are you not sharing this? And there's still a part of me, I don't know, you're maybe a little bit further on in your journey with it. But there's still a part of me that just feels like, but you're like gloating when you're sharing it because it's like I can't help being constantly happy. Um, and it's like, but I, I, don't, I still feel a little bit, oh, I don't know that I want to share all my happiness with the world. And, but the more I step into that space, like interviewing incredible women, it's like, well, that's how we connect with other women. That's how we support and help other women to say, you know, you can have this too. Age is, is not a limiter because I think certainly in my age group, you know, I'm 10 years away from what society says as a retirement age. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I don't even feel like that. So, Wow. So, so that then you started creating your business. So tell us about that. So tell us more about that. Cause that's so interesting. I, I just, yeah, I want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> well, initially, so three years ago I was doing makeup tutorials on YouTube and that was kind of how I started 
business because I had no background in business. I was a nurse for 10 years and I had this little side hobby, I called it. It's my hobby. I'm just doing these YouTube videos. I'm not worried about it. It's just for fun. I'm not going to try to make money on it or do anything with it. I'm just doing it because it was creative and fun. Yeah. And then a year after that was when I got certified in coaching and I started working with people who had gone through difficult transitions like a divorce or losing a job or who wanted to get promoted at work or start a business and really helping them see their strengths because I think that's something we're not taught to work on. Mm. When we're younger, we're taught to hire a tutor when you're weak in something, when you're not good at it, so that you learn to get better at things that you're not naturally good at. And for some cases, that's probably a good thing. But I think as we get older, if we lean into our strengths, we can make them better. They say that there's that quote, 99% is hard and 1% is easy. If you are, let's say a tennis player, and you come in second place all the time, you hire a coach to get to first place. And it's usually a very small adjustment that you have to make to your craft in order to take over that first place spot. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And so I think, by, yeah, by working on our strengths and learning what we're really good at and then getting better at it, that's when you really start to live your life in alignment with this stuff that makes you super happy, that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning and smile yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah and and I think I don't know about you but but even when you're in that space you're still some you know some old um recurring habits and belief systems come up and so when you were transitioning into that space you made this decision you went with what felt right for you then you started sharing it but during that transition period was, was there any sort of I don't, I don't want to call them negative feelings because I think all feelings are positive in the sense that they help us grow. But were there any feelings that, that sort of came up, you know, around sort of anger or resentment or any of those types of feelings about the past and about how you'd previously lived your life now you'd moved into this space of pure happiness? Well, it's interesting because I don't think I'm like most people. I did, of course, I feel those things every once in a while, but it was a mentor who actually asked me, he said, who are the five most influential people in your life? And before I moved to New York, I would have listed five people and they were all negative. Like the first teacher that scolded you for not doing something right, or your parents yelling at you for something, or um, your first employer telling you, they told me I'm not a team player, or all of these things, being bullied in high school, you yeah. think of all these moments and they're negative. And that mentor was actually the first positive person in my life who had made a difference. And so I was really confused by this. And I'm like, how am I not in a worse off place with all these negative experiences? And I started noticing patterns after I moved to New York, where I mentioned, you know, I moved to New York 30 days after I decided that I was moving. And when I decided I wasn't going to grad school, 30 days later, I got a new job. And then 30 days after that, I started a business. And so I started noticing that I was going through these 30-day cycles of letting go of the past and receiving what was coming, whatever it was, making space. 
And so when you talk about those past things that come up, I think I've been kind of shedding that skin the way a snake sheds in little 30 days cycles. And this is actually going into a speech that I'm writing, but I think that we all go through these little mini micro losses Mm. where we do grieve and we feel angry and we resent and we bargain and we're depressed or we, we feel negative or hopeless. And then we get to a point where we can let it go so that we can receive the opportunities that are coming to us. And if you notice when you're feeling happy, I don't want you to not make your happiness dimmer or stifle it because when you are in that place and you've probably noticed this, you start attracting more opportunities and you take more actions and you're braver and you're bolder. And, and when you sit in those negative feelings, it makes you isolate yourself and not talk to people and you don't really want to do the activities that you used to enjoy. And so you really are doing yourself a favor by letting yourself feel that happiness because it's going to make you take off in the direction that you're trying to go with your show and your business and everything. And you've probably seen that already. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a little bit like you is that when, you know, when life throws a curveball, I just look at it and I don't wallow in it. I go, what, what is it that I need to learn about this? What pattern am I keep repeating? And, um, and when anything comes up, whether it's anger, resentment or whatever, I just laugh at it. And it's not that it's funny. It's just that, wow, I look at myself and I go, do you know what? You're still stuck in that. You know, I, I love that you're still stuck in it, but do you think it's time? I mean, I have that conversation with myself. Yeah. Do, you think it's, do you think it's time you moved out of that now? And it's like, oh yeah, okay. So we'll move out of that. You know, we'll, we'll love that part of us, but we don't, we don't need to keep playing that role anymore. And um, yeah. And, and, and I, I love, yeah, the analogy of the, the, the snake, you know, shedding the skin because it's so true. Um, and I think women, some of the women that, that I've sort of worked with in the past, um, they tend to get overwhelmed and look at everything, you know, as this big piece. Wow, I've got to move through this big piece, whatever this big piece is. And I always say just, you know, it's just little one little chunk at a time. Just work on one little chunk and find that point of happiness because it's always there, isn't it? You know, happiness is inside of us. It's not outside of us. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that, um, yeah, that example that you've given to us. So fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. And I've also noticed that anger can actually be used like a springboard for me. Yeah. When I moved to New York, I was angry. I was mad at my life that I hated it so much. And I used that energy to propel me forward out of it. And so I don't think mm. that necessarily letting yourself feel those things is a bad thing because it could build momentum because you're getting away from it, like pulling your hand away from fire when you get too close to it. it yeah. You move really fast opposite direction yeah I I do I call it my rocket fuel you know people go you know such and such said that to you and they put you down and doesn't that make you angry and I go yeah I love it it's like my rocket fuel it's like it is not that you know I used to think oh I've got to prove that person wrong but it wasn't that's what I used to think it was but it wasn't that it was like I need to actually acknowledge myself 
and the abilities I've got. And it's all it is, is that person just pushing me in that direction. They may think that they're trying to put me down, but what they're actually doing is assisting me to step up. And as soon as I started looking at it like that, it's like, wow, I love it because this is my rocket fuel. I just, yeah, you just keep moving forward. So yeah, anger isn't a bad thing. And I think we're told, aren't we, by society, oh, you can't get angry or rah, 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 or, and it's certainly in the personal development space, what I've found over the years is that we're, we're buying into another belief system around, you know, as long as you feel great and blah, 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 it's absolutely fine. And so when these other what we're deemed to be negative feelings come up, we're sort of getting a sense of maybe we shouldn't be feeling that. Maybe we're not the authentic person because I'm feeling resentful towards that person or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling jealous or I'm feeling envious. And it's like they're emotions. They're normal. It's, we're a human being. We're normal. So, yeah, I, I love that you use anger in that positive way too because, it's, it's, yeah, it is great. And it's a, it's a great way to say to women, get angry, get out there, do it, you know, because it is your, your rocket fuel to, to move you forward into whatever you want in your life. Right. Yeah. And even jealousy, it's like a flashlight at what you yeah. really want in your life. So yeah. like, when I was like, I know I don't want this, but I don't know what I want. Those negative feelings that you feel about other things outside of you are really showing you well, that maybe is what you want, and that's why you're feeling envious or resentful. Yeah, yeah, it's your soul, isn't it? It's your soul speaking to you and saying, "Look, I'm I'm showing you this. Are you going to listen? You know, and if if you're not going to listen this time, I'll make it bigger next time, and bigger, yeah. and bigger, and bigger, until you may crash on the floor. But when you crash on the floor, there's only one way up. <laughs> yep. That's so, so true. I feel like I had to crash on the floor a couple of times before yeah. I found my up. But Perfect. once you hit the bottom and then you bounce back, you are, I feel like you, you don't go back. Yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. for me, I'm like, I'm never going back to rock bottom. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and being guided and listening to the clues about where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. And was that, I mean, I know you spoke about you, you'd had enough and you wanted to move out and, and you did that, but was there before that or after that a defining moment that sort of said to you, this is it, this is the best decision I've ever made or has there been any of those moments? I've had a lot of those moments. I think one of the moments recently was when I decided to quit my job and pursue my business full time. That was a really incredible moment of just freedom to spend my time. I mean, of course, I'm working a lot of hours every week, but I'm doing something I really enjoy and I have control over my schedule. And another one even more recently was when I decided to do a TED Talk. I'm going to apply for a TEDx Talk and I'm writing it right now. I haven't been accepted to any stages yet. So Send me good luck, but yes, we will. <laughs> yes, thank you. I I was always afraid of public speaking before I started my business, and I was really shy, and I would turn bright red and start talking really fast, and I had to get over that. But I realized I wasn't completely over it. I've been teaching a class and doing some other things in front of people, and I thought, okay, I'm ready to take a bigger stage. And I started working 
with a public speaking coach. And I ended up on stage practicing my TED talk and I got nervous again. And so these things keep coming up and revealing themselves until you completely break through them. Mm. And I realized I wasn't showing up as my most authentic self on the stage. And I had written a talk that I didn't like, and I threw it out and rewrote it between week one and week two, because I thought I'm doing the people pleaser thing again on the stage. I'm telling people what I think they want to hear. And that's not what I want to say. And so I rewrote the whole thing, came back in week two. And I was like, this is what I really want to say, but I don't want to sound angry. And the people in the audience who are there, practicing with me we're like you don't sound angry at all we love it and so that's another moment of like I stepped into my strength and I showed up as my most authentic self and people received it really well which was the opposite of what I expected mm, and yeah yeah that's so so true because I think you know when we when we make that decision that we want to make a difference in the world and we want to you want to do it on a bigger scale. And the best way to do that is online. But all this stuff comes up and then we might have coaches and mentors and do trainings. And, and I mean, the, the whole industry is changing around how we do things now anyway. But authenticity is a word that's banded about quite a lot. And I found myself that what prevented me from showing up bigger earlier was that I was following different programs and different ways of being, you know, the way that we're taught, you have to do this and you have to do that, that um, I, I just didn't do it because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. And that's how the Woman of Strength podcast and um, Woman of Strength TV came about because it was like, well, I want to do this, I, but if I follow what I'm supposed to do in terms of what I'm taught and the courses that I've joined, then... I'm never going to get to that space because I haven't got the right equipment. I don't, you know, I haven't got the right hairstyle. I don't know how to interview people, you know, whatever. I haven't got these set of questions because it just didn't feel right to do it that way. And I just thought, bugger it. I'm just going to do it my way and just see what happens. Cause I can only be me. That's the only person I can be. And, um, and it's been phenomenal. I've loved it. It's just like it is just having, a conversation with like-minded women um, who are just showing up. And so I really connect to that, you know, what you were saying about your speech, because we are, there is still conditioning that we have to get rid of. And when we, when we acknowledge it, then we just step into our greatness, don't we? So it just makes me smile that, you know, you're saying that because it's a key message to get out, <clears throat> um, out to everyone. Yeah, and I got angry at myself then too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and so there's your rocket fuel again, isn't it? Right, okay, what do I need to do? And yeah, and so you did it. So TEDx, well, we know TEDx is in the bag for you now then because you're just going to be authentic and be you. So, and that might be what was preventing, you know, you before. Um, yeah, so wow. So yeah, keep us updated because we, we want to watch that. I will for sure. And there's a book coming too. Oh, tell us about that. I haven't started it yet. Right. Um, but I'm working with somebody next month to write it. It's going to be about leadership. I'm not sure the angle yet, but it's going to go along with my TED Talk, which is about success and failure and the lines that divide us between success and failure. So that's your little sneak peek. Whoa, exclusive. Yay. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, I do have a question for you. 
um, which I ask all my guests in season two, is what advice would you give your 16-year-old self about what you've learned along this journey? I have learned so much, but I think if I had to sum it up in a couple of pieces of advice, I would say never give up and always have faith that you are in the exact place that you need to be at the exact right time. Perfect. Because that's so true, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. And so where can my listeners find you? You know, people listening to this, how can they find Tara and either work with you or find out more about you in terms of what you offer? I am online at TaraRayBradford.com, and Ray is spelled R-A-E, but I'm sure you'll link it in the comments. Yes, I will. <laughs> and then social media, it's Tara Ray Bradford everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. And then if you want to work with me, I actually have a free five-day publicity challenge up on my website. It's under free resources. And I so saw I that. Do that. <laughs> checklist and I have a group program that I launch four times a year to help thought leaders get publicity but also scale their thought leadership to multiple income streams so that's what I'm working on right now brilliant and I'll put all those links yeah under, under the podcast and the woman of strength tv because yeah when I went and looked at what you were doing I did see that publicity the five day or the is it five day or five week Five days. Five days publicity. And I thought, oh, I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I haven't <laughs> signed up yet. I thought I'd wait until I had a chat with you first. So fantastic. So thank you so, so much. I've so enjoyed this interview. It's been wonderful. And you shared some, some real gems with us. So what's one last little gem that you would want to share with, with women who are just maybe just starting out on the journey of woman of strength and you know, what, what's a little gem that you could share with them? I would say stop playing small. I think saying the words, I don't like being the center of attention, hold us back from doing a lot of things that we want to do. And yeah. by not being the center of attention, you are not giving attention <clears throat> as a gift to the people who need it. You're actually not helping anyone by not being the center of attention if you want to make a difference in the world. And so even if your goals aren't global and you're not trying to change the world, but you're trying to change your world, you're not going to make those changes by playing small, by making yourself small, by being the last person to speak up about something or by keeping your ideas to yourself. Yeah, great advice. Thank you so, so much. Well, yeah, thank you. And we will look forward to seeing this incredible TED Talk. And as soon as it happens, I know that you'll share it with me and I can share it with my audience. So thank you, Tara. Thank you. I would love to. And thank you so much for having me. AndJewelCock.com, serving women to serve the world.